Looks like those might be penguin tickets. They are. It's the seventh game. The vice president's gonna be there. Daddy, Daddy! Hey, that's my hat. I can wear it. Mom said I could. I did. Oh. Know what that means? Not a clue. It means I love you. I love you too. She's practicing to be deaf, but that's still my hat. You knew one of the game. Darren, you can't just show up here and take them without talking to me first. Besides, you only have two tickets. I'm working at the arena. You're back to work, Dad? Your dad's a fire inspector at the game. It's very important work. Are you a fireman again, Daddy? Kind of, yeah. Kathy tells me it's only temporary. He was trying to save a little girl. And he Are we going to the game? Building. Don't do this again. I mean it. It's not fair to the kids or me. I promise. Tonight, 17,000 hockey fans have been taken hostage, but just one of them knows it. Hockey Month skates on. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. I'm Kevin, joined by Jim. Hey, now. And returning and joining us from a remote location is Seth. Seth, how are you? Yo, how you guys doing? I'm doing good. It's our own own resident, Jesse the Body Ventura. That's right. Hey, uh, Governor, how you doing? Well, uh, I'm uh, doing okay here. Uh, I'm in a remote location in a bunker. Uh, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm pretty hunkered down right now. So uh, we're doing pretty well over here. Thank you. Like hockey there in Minnesota, you do. <laughs> Let's get right into it because I have so much to discuss with this week's movie, which has been on our wish list since the beginning. We're talking 1995's Sudden Death. Sudden Death was directed by Peter Hyams. Hell yeah. You want to talk about bonkers? Let's discuss Hyams. Peter Hyams? Peter Hyams. He uh, broke his Hyman on this we're one. Break baby. open his filmography. Hyams' directing filmography includes. Capricorn One, which Great is a 1977 movie about a faked Mars landing. Wow. He directed the 2001 sequel, 2010, The Year We Make Contact. The Cold War thriller. He directed Running Scared, which we've been planning on covering with Shane for months now. He directed Stay Tuned with John Ritter, which we'll eventually collaborate with Midnight Movie Night Podcast again to cover. Time Cop, another JCVD joint. End of Days, the Arnold horror movie. And he was also an executive producer for Monster Squad. So hell yeah, Peter Himes, cheers to you. You mentioned Capricorn 1. It's a really, really weird coincidence because I actually got assigned uh, by somebody I work with that I need to watch that movie. James Uh, Brolin, uh, Sam Waterston, and O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Really? really good. Yeah. I hadn't heard of it until this guy said it. He said, oh, really? You don't think that the moon landing's real? I was making a joke. And uh, he's like, you go watch Capricorn 1. You know what's crazy okay. is Capricorn 1 was made in 1977. Yeah. Which, so it's like, it's not a, a movie about a fake landing 30 years later. No, it's, it's like then. Yes. It's like immediately after the moon landing, let's make a movie about a faked. It's know, on Tubi. So there you go. There you it's go. On, it's Tubi. on Tubi. Everyone else. Oh, there, so it's, it's quality Tubi. then. It has yeah. to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pitch for sudden death came from Karen Baldwin, the spouse of Howard Baldwin, the owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins, who also happened to be a film producer. It was inspired by the roof of Pittsburgh Civic Arena, which she thought would be a great setting for an action movie. I never knew up until maybe two years ago that that 
fucking thing ever opened up. Yeah. Never knew it. Which is weird. Yeah. I didn't remember it until I watched this again. I don't even remember that being a thing. I don't know if they ever did during actual Why would they? I mean, there's no, if it fucking starts raining, you're screwed. Yeah. Even crazier than that inspiration is that Sudden Death was only the first hockey movie to be produced by these Baldwins. They went on to produce Mystery Alaska, a good movie. Yeah. Um, Yes, I agree. Mr. Hockey, the Gordie Howe story, and Odd Man Rush, all hockey movies. Writer Randy Feldman wrote the first draft of the movie as a parody of action movies. The only scene that remained from that version of the script is where JCVD fights the penguin mascot. (laughs) However, that original script was used later. More on that in our legacy feature. Final writing credits went to Gene Quintano, who is also known for writing Police Academy 3, 4, and 5. The good ones. Classics. Classics. This movie is often called a diehard knockoff, and it truly feels like that. (laughs) Opening firefighter scene, the first 10 minutes with the terrorists where they take the passes and then force their way in the arena, all feels very diehard. And then even with JCVD being like the inside man with Hallmark on the outside, very diehard. Well, think about it. The year before Striking Distance was filmed in Pittsburgh with Bruce Willis. Next year, JCVD, I wouldn't miss it for a second in Pittsburgh. (laughs) The best. Yeah. The absolute best. Hey, do you like video games? Aren't you a little young for full contact? Aren't you a little old for video games? So without stealing too much of Jim's thunder, I will say this movie made less in its entire theatrical run than Die Hard with a Vengeance made in its opening weekend. It's ridiculous. This movie is grossly underrated. It's so good. Jim, was this movie a failure? Please give us budget, box office, news, and number ones at time of release. From WUAB, Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Sudden Death came out December the 22nd, 1995 to a $35 million budget. Only made $64 million. Criminal. It's absolute criminal. It's only made $64 million. $63 million of that were Yinzers in Western Pennsylvania. Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 50% based on 36 reviews with an average rating of 5.1 out of 10. Okay, I get it. Certain aspects of this movie, I can see why you could say it's average. There's a lot that's really damn good, though. As this was the last... kind of a little bit that's bad, though. There is a lot that's bad. I will say (laughs) that there are moments where Van Damme is beyond Van Damme and it's almost like, dude, Come on, let's let's dial it Wait, back a little bit. He doesn't bit. do the splits in this movie, does he? No, splits. no, he doesn't. But so I I thought that would come up later. Double the budget, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or not the budget? Double the box office. If if they would have put him doing the splits in the trailer, this movie would have made one hundred and twenty eight million dollars. I agree. So as this was the last golden year of VHS and DVDs were announced for nineteen ninety six, we're gonna give you the blockbuster best VHS rentals of the week. All the hits, all the John Candy with Canadian Bacon. Talk about an underrated movie. Canadian Bacon was a really good movie. War with Canada? I mean, come on. In America, that that movie was called Ham. (laughs) (laughs) All right, see everybody next week. Hey, That was sudden death, everybody. I wanted to miss that for a second. I would miss it for a second. Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone in those blue eyes of his. Hey, yo. Mr. I am the law. Clueless. Perfect. And then, ironically enough, Die Hard with a Vengeance. All right. All right. So there you go. On to sports. Let's throw it to the guy 
who knew a lot about Pittsburgh, and Patch Fries at Kennywood, Mr. George Michael. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael, and welcome to The Sports Machine. Since this is Hockey Month here on the podcast, let's start with a little hockey. Montreal Canadiens coach Mario Tremblay leaves goaltender Patrick Waugh in the game too damn long, allowing an embarrassing nine goals in an 11-1 route by the Red Wings. After the game, Waugh demands a trade, moves to Colorado, and wins the Stanley Cup that season. So... Right in the middle of the season. Hey, fuck you. I'm gone. Wins the cup. Thank you. Wish it was in Quebec. Embarrassingly enough. And speaking of embarrassingly enough, the 61st Heisman Trophy Award was awarded to Eddie George from Ohio State. Yeah. OH. Number 27. <laughs> yeah. Gonna lose to Penn State. And coming up, one of Kevin and I's favorite long lost sports that we're trying to learn by the day. Australian cricket opening batsman Michael Slater scores a career high 219. Kevin, that's 15 by four, five by six in innings and 36 runs. First test win versus Sri Lanka in Perth, Western Australia. He really wicketed those plunkets with his (laughs) coffee bag. I don't know. Seth, do you know anything? I mean, you you've made some jaunts around the Weddled. Do you know anything about cricket scoring? I know less than the two of you. Like, we know I, I, shit. I, I watched a video I, today that somebody had uh, posted to Twitter from TikTok, and it was like a grown man crying over the anticlimactic finish of the Cricket World Cup. Honestly, it didn't hit home for me because I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, it was like a, it was like the equivalent of of uh, uh, a buzzer beater shot in basketball or a walk off home run, except. I didn't know what was going on. I just don't understand. Hit the fucking ball out of the park. You got a 360 degree, hit it backwards yeah. out of the park. King Ralph. That's yeah. how I know. You know, King if Ralph. we would have had a, a cricket video game growing up, pro- there probably was one on PS one or PS two, but there's one now they make new ones on okay. Xbox. Well, there it's you go. Don, I can't remember. He's Don something. I don't know his last name. He's like the cricketer. Flamenco. I wish Flamenco. it was Don Flamenco. So let's get a cricket game. Maybe we'll learn the rules through playing the video game. That's how I learned rugby from playing rugby yeah. world cup 95 on Sega. Funny side note i will tell you that both times or all the times i visited scotland and england uh i never saw cricket on their tvs at bars but they go nuts for darts yeah they love they pack the house for darts they love it and then then you can't help but just sit there and be like okay i'm into this too and weirdly enough those guys know how to throw darts just saying and they probably smoke a dart afterwards hopefully darts too hell yeah So on to the news, cartoonist Bill Watterson ends his Calvin and Hobbes comic strip after 10 years, breaking my father's heart who loved Calvin and Hobbes, believing he had achieved all he could in the medium. Hey, he got out when the going was good. He yeah. he retired like Jordan in 93, and then he decided, wait a minute, I'm not done well, yet, damn it. I, for a second, I thought you were talking about the Dilbert guy, and I was no. like, see what happens when you hang on too long? No shit. In sad news, one of the guys I looked up to as a kid, Christopher Reeve, is released from physical rehab center after his fall from a horse in a riding competition. It still was the worst thing ever to see. Fucking Superman who was paralyzed. I could never yeah. get over that image. He's played the Man of Steel in the Superman films, but tonight Christopher Reeve is in a Virginia hospital, paralyzed and unable to breathe on his own. He has sustained complex fractures of the first and second cervical vertebrae that have resulted in an injury to the spinal cord. The extent of the damage is not known. 
The 42-year-old actor was thrown from his horse Saturday while competing in an equestrian show jumping event in Virginia. Reeve, who was apparently wearing a riding helmet, landed on his head. But it's it still did, sad. It's still sad, but it didn't stop him from doing his own thing. I do have issues with throwing him into the Flash movie as a CG Superman with Helen Slater. I kind of have an issue with it. Just like I have an issue with fucking Nicolas Cage being in there. He never was officially Superman. He was in a fucking not costume in your fit. dimension, not not in your universe. But he just did a costume fitting. He's not officially Superman. He did nothing as Superman. Yeah, in your universe. You don't know that. Oh, Jesus Christ, Seth. Well, now we're getting real meta. We're getting super meta. (laughs) Big news, big time news. As the world's going to shit around us, there was this one time in 1995 that happened right here in Ohio. The Dayton Agreement is signed in Paris by leaders of various governments ending the conflict in the former Yugoslav Republic, including that piece of shit war criminal Slobodan Milosevic, Alia Itzabagievich, Franjo Tudman, and President Bill Clinton. Of all the things to end the Balkans war, they get together in Dayton. Yeah, right? I've all played I would have figured it have was the Romulans. Have you been to Dayton? <laughs> Seth, you ever been to Dayton? I've never been to Dayton. No. Chudville. All right. Nope. And finally, <laughs> no offense, Dayton. Do either of you know what a Chud is? They're a cannibalistic humanate underground dweller. Okay, that's what Rick and Morty said that they were. But have, have either of you ever looked up the actual definition of Chud? No, no just I, I, we always cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. Or we just no, I know. Ch- Chud no, no, no. by the Chud. You're gonna have to look it up. I'll look it up in a little bit. And finally, good news. Playboy goes back on sale after a 36-year ban in Ireland. Jerk away, guys. <laughs> Jerk away. And now, coming up to some music news. And this is a big one here. We're going to throw it over to Kurt Loder and MTV News. Hi, I'm Kurt Loder with an MTV News Brief. The king of pop, Michael Jackson, collapses while rehearsing for an HBO special. His blood pressure was found to be an abnormally low 70 over 40 by an emergency medical crew that arrived at the theater four minutes after the collapse. Kevin, it gets more and more. The HBO concert is officially postponed. A year and a half marketing effort by Sony to get his history album off the mat. The show would have included a six-piece band, 40-piece orchestra, 32 dancers. But because of the bigger stage, the seating capacity was reduced. The theater only held 1,700 people. The rumors were that Michael was unhappy with the tiny venue. So instead of the concert airing, HBO decides to schedule The Specialist starring Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone for that Sunday night. Really? So no Michael Jackson. Let's put Stallone and Stone right there. Wow. Hell of a film. Makes sense. Always an interesting thing to look up is the amount of concerts that Michael Jackson actually played. It yeah. wasn't many. He didn't do much. He didn't like the tour. So he only did like two or three tours ever. I mean, not counting Jackson five stuff, but like as Michael Jackson's solo artist, he only did a couple of tours and like New York, Chicago, you know what I mean? Like the very minimal dates on those tours. So kind of using a wrestling parlance, he was like the Andre the Giant. Yeah. He was a feature. He was a special attraction. He was a special attraction. He was a it. special attraction of a human. And finally, American rock band, the Grateful Dead breakup after the death of Jerry Garcia. Most bands should have followed that suit. Like, hey, the lead singer died. We're done here. When your big guy with the big name ends up going, time to think of a new band. Maybe do a tribute band. Maybe the Huck and Phil Billies. I have no idea. So your top five TV rated shows for the week of December 22nd, 1995. One of Seth's favorite shows, Caroline in the City, starring Leah Thompson. Absolutely love it. Number four, Frasier. I didn't know Frasier's back. I saw a promotion for that. I'm like, really? Paramount Plus. Yep. Oh, is anybody going to watch that? 
No, I gotta check it out. I have to. I have to check it out. Does he? He goes. Yeah, he goes back to Boston. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. I think Kelsey Grammer is not really the best person to want to see anymore. Why? You don't want to get more of that uh, alligator phone call or whatever the movie's in. <laughs> the fuck is alligator phone call? Money on a plane. Money train or yeah. no money plane. Money. money train. Money train is Wesley Snipes and Jennifer Lopez, and she gets topless in it. I see that movie. One thing that has no topless nudity in it. Number three, Seinfeld. Why no nudity? There should be. Why not? Should be a show about nudity. I just want to see a show where Elaine's nude the whole time. Yeah. I, there were moments in those earlier seasons when. Now, don't say it. What? I thought you were going to say you jerked it to Seinfeld. No, I did not jerk off to Seinfeld. Okay. I only jerked off to The View. Number two, my favorite <laughs> medical drama, ER. And number one, of course, Monday Night Football was the number one rated TV show for the week. And then your number one movie in America, Robin Williams and Jumanji. And here are your top five songs for the week of December 22nd, 1995. Number five, Gangsta's Paradise featuring Coolio and LV. Mariah Carey coming in at number four with Fantasy. LL Cool J coming back onto the charts after a very long absence with Hey Lover. Whitney Houston with Exhale. Shoot. Shoot from the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. Seth had that on his Walkman. And Waiting to Inhale. <laughs> and the number one song in America, one of the best collaborations of all time. And it hit the charts. I think it was 15 straight weeks at number one. Mariah Carey and Boys to Men, One Sweet Day. That's all that was going on in the news. December two, two, one, niner, niner, fiver. Um, there might have been something else that happened in December of 1995. Looking at me different, put me up on this pedestal like I was some kind of saint or something, you know, and I was like, man, I'm just a saint or something. And in an article from the Spokesman Review labeled Homebody Country Star Alan Jackson works hard to fit in as much family time as possible. This is an article where we uh, we got that quote. We actually got that quote in the article. It states when he's taking a break from touring and spending time around Nashville, the celebrity treatment Jackson receives in public still puzzles him. And he is quoted as saying, I've never quite understood that for some reason, because I'm a celebrity, you want to put me on a pedestal. I hope it doesn't change things or upset my children. That's important to me. Hell yeah. There's your Alan Jackson news for December of 1995. Hey, Seth got a little something for you guys. I'm a fucking idiot. Very nice. Awesome. Uh, I can also add in that I have the definition of a chud, if you'd like to hear it. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. Hear what's it. a chud? Chud or chewed is a term chewed. historically applied in the early East Slavic annals to several Finnic peoples in the area of what is now Estonia, Karelia, and Northwestern Russia. There you go. Interesting. All right. All right. So now we know what a chud is. A, or a chewed. Or a chewed, apparently. Well, I mean, I, I obviously like the other version better, yeah. but... We're, we're unique chuds. All right. So, back to sudden death, I will say a sequel was written and planned to be released in the fall of 97, but the box office return wasn't as large as expected, so they canceled the sequel. Not as large as expected. Canceled. I can relate to that. Uh, action goes into overtime. It's time for the plot. That agent's name was Eddie Kaline. He has a five-year-old boy, a three-year-old little girl, and his wife's pregnant. I'll send a card. What do you want? What do I want? 
world peace, and into bigotry and no more mini-malls. What am I gonna get? And I am gonna get it. That, boys and girls, is really hot. What is your objective? My objective? I get funny all over when you talk like that. I know just what you're thinking. Evaluate the situation, calculate potential losses, and take appropriate action. Let me do that for you. The situation is hopeless. Losses would be unacceptable. So the appropriate action is for you to do nothing and keep your fucking mouth shut. The movie opens with firefighter Darren McCord. What a name. As he is unable to save a young girl from a house fire. They don't really fill in the gaps for us, but I feel like that moment is the thing that caused him to walk away from being a firefighter. Two years later, McCord is now the fire marshal of the Pittsburgh Civic Arena, which seems like a pretty sweet gig. Yeah. As a birthday gift for his son, Tyler, McCord gets tickets for Tyler and his sister, Emily, to attend Game 7 of the Stanley Cup while McCord is there working. So not long after the game starts, Tyler and Emily get in a spat, an argument, which leads her to run off. Are you sure this time? One minute. Daddy's not here. Why, is there a light bulb that needs changing? You take that back. Daddy's a fireman. He's too scared to be a fireman. He is not. He's too. I hate you. Hey, Emily! Dad said to stay here. And then she gets kidnapped by a member of a group of terrorists who are disguised, like, the girl, the woman is in the mascot costume, Iceberg, the Penguin's mascot. That's who kidnaps her. McCord tells his son to not move under any circumstance while he goes to search for his daughter. The deal with the terrorists is that the vice president and a number of high-profile attendees are in a suite at the game. The terrorists... Why? Why yes. are they there? We'll it's get game to that. Seven. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. I have way more questions about that. Oh, yeah. yes. The terrorists have wired the entire arena with enough explosives to kill all 17,000 plus in attendance unless they get a few billion dollars wired into all of these different bank accounts they're shooting some of the hostages after each period that it's not done mccord has a secret service agent named agent matthew hallmark another great name who he is speaking to and strategizing with on the outside but it turns out hallmark is actually working with the bad guys because he wants some of those sweet terrorist bucks he wants to be bad and make bad feel so good he's got things on his mind <laughs> <laughs> he never thought he would. As McCord works his way through the arena, disarming bombs, he ends up meeting up with Hallmark on the inside, but sets him on fire as you do when it is revealed that he's bad. In the hockey game, the Penguins are down by a goal as time is running down, but Luke Robitaille scores at the buzzer, not only tying the game and sending it to overtime, but also unknowingly preventing the arena from exploding. So a pretty big goal by Luke Robitaille. Fucking hero. He is. Recognize him? Yeah. Luke Robitaille. He waved at me. See that, Dad? Luke Robitaille waved at me. Come on, I'll introduce you. He won't bite. Whoa. This is Tyler McCord and his father, Derek. Hi. Uh, Ça va? Eh, bonjour. Ce soir, quelles sont vos chances? On va les enculer. Ah. Eh, police. Thanks. Uh, 
they're going to win. During overtime, realizing his plan has been compromised by McCord, the main terrorist, Foss, sets off a bomb which floods part of the arena. Everyone starts to evacuate in a panic. McCord has been reunited with his children, but Foss, blending in with the exiting crowd, makes his way to the roof where a helicopter is waiting. McCord shoots the pilot while the helicopter is in the air. The chopper falls into the arena Perfectly. and explodes on the ice. Perfectly falls. Movie over. Let's get into characters. Jean-Claude Van Damme as Darren McCord, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, and Bruce Willis were considered, but turned it down. Arnold was coming off True Lies and Junior back-to-back. He needed a break. Sly didn't like the script. Willis was already working on Die Hard with a Vengeance. And he literally was just in Pittsburgh for striking distance. There you go. Powers Booth is Joshua Foss, the main terrorist bad guy. Raymond J. Barry plays U.S. Vice President Daniel Bender. The wrong kid, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Dorian Harwood as Matthew Hallmark. Let's see. Let's go through these quickly. See if anybody else is worth mentioning. The Chicago Blackhawks in the movie were played by the Cleveland Lumberjacks, who were a minor league affiliate of the Penguins at the time. So they were just wearing like Chelios jerseys. Yes. Ian Moran, who played for the, he's a Lumberjacks hero. He was playing Chris Chelios. Because I noticed there were no Ronick jerseys, which I found weird. Yeah. But the players had to have been paid for using their names. I, that's what I think. They like had much like have. the NHL 94 episode we just did. Um, Excellent. They by must the have way. Had, thank thank you. you. They must have had the NHL PA licensing, but then it, it's just so weird that. Yeah. Could you imagine Chris Chelios going, what the fuck? That's me. Like I deked wrong. Yeah, you dick. Uh, which actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character still seen? Seth, you're our guest. We'll kick it to you first. I mean, Powers Booth. That's my As too. the villain. Boss. Like, I, I mean, I was thinking about that when I was watching it and and he actually he doesn't phone it in he no. he's, he he's actually really really good in it I'm not sure if I like you when I make up my mind you'll be the first to know you're out of your mind me <laughs> I'm not the one paying some of the end with all 40 million dollars to skate up and down the slab of ice I will say the one thing though if you come into this movie blind never watching it and it's revealed later on that he used to be a secret service you knew within five minutes Sky knows too yeah. much he's a secret service yeah. and there shouldn't have been a reveal you knew he was on the inside so I have the dude letting people into the arena who gets a stamp from JCVD's daughter Emily <laughs> that piece of shit fucking old guy McCord make sure the building doesn't burn down go on through Mr. Mack and who's this beauty this is my daughter Emily and my son Tyler Love a stamp. Hey, can you guys play up and we get in? Hey, hold your horses. I'm getting a stamp here. Never wash this hand again. See you later, Mr. Mack. Okay. I'd love a stamp. And then people were like harassing him to get in. He's like, hey, I'm getting a stamp. Meanwhile, the fucking terrorist behind him shows him a pass with sunglasses on. <laughs> it's like, Look up, dickhead. This game's a mess. <laughs> All right, let's move on to best scenes. Let's find out which scenes made a splash. And again, Seth, you're our guest. Go ahead and give us your first best scene. My first best scene is in the kitchen with... <laughs> it's, it's the fight between... Oh, yeah. Darren, I, Darren McCord, which can we talk about that for just one second? Why do they give him that name? He still has like, an accent. Well, and his at one point, his daughter says his full proper name when the terrorist is like, who's your dad? And she gives like the entire middle name and everything. Darren Appleby Bridge Chili's McCord. <laughs> what is your name? Emily. Emily what? McCord. And your father's name? It's McCord, too. 
Would you like it if I filled your little mouth with spiders? <laughs> What's his whole name? Darren Francis Thomas McCord. Thank you. We don't get any kind of exposition as to all we know about him is that he is from Canada. Mm-hmm. He does mention that. And he was a college hockey goalie. Yeah. So are we to defer that he's French Canadian yes. with the name of McCord? Yes. That's so. Yeah. It, all right. Christ. I'm going out of order. This is a conversation for later. Still bothers me. That part really got under my skin, how we really don't know why he's the way he is. But uh, best scene would be in the kitchen when he runs the uh, the mascot through the dishwasher. Oh, yeah. yeah that's a long ass dishwasher, so- by the way. I mean, you, you can't not mention the mascot fight. It starts as a fight in the hallway where the mascot is like, I'll take you to your daughter and pulls a gun. He pulls out a knife and tries to like knife the mascot. Then they're like doing some karate and then they brawl into the kitchen. But McCord is kind of losing until he gets the upper hand by putting the mascot's hand in the the fryer. fryer, Oh, it's it's excellent. Seth and I both being kitchen guys, clean fryer grease. So when I saw that scene, all I could think of was working at Max and Irma's with Jim. I go right back I have to Max some and major Irma's. issues with the scene, which we'll discuss later. But the other great thing about this scene is that JCVD kills the mascot by running her through the dishwasher. And then he goes and gets this guy and he's like, hey, I just I just fought the mascot in the kitchen. The dirtbag terrorist. And then, yeah. And then he's like, oh, OK, show me. And then the, he takes them to the kitchen where they fight in the kitchen. God it's damn. a whole second kitchen fight scene. But then that's when you get the bone through the neck, which is absolutely awesome, maybe yeah. my favorite part in the entire movie. That's Incredible. my number one scene right there, too. The dirtbag terrorist fight with the sunglasses. <laughs> awesome. So where's the seven foot penguin? She was there. I want to go up to the owner's box. There's a VIP in the box and you don't have clearance. Neither does my daughter. Who knows if that's where she is? Let's page her over the public address. Maybe she's just lost. Oh, I made this up. The penguin had a gun. We'll page it too. You said her name was Carla, didn't you? I always do things like that. You didn't say her name, did you? So I have, when the terrorist starts capping the hostages. (laughs) Please. He needs a doctor. I'll do more. Go ahead. Dead heroes get the best funerals. Thanks for your help, Andrew. His wife's recently deceased. He'd been lonely without her. This man needs a doctor. So he just, Foss just shoots him. The quips. Yeah. And then he shoots the chef. Like he lays down the law and tells them his deal. He's not bluffing at all. He, he follows kills, through with it. Yeah. He makes yeah. threats and then. Yes. He kills a few of them yeah. like as an appetizer. And he then, writes checks and then he cashes them. He does. He follows through with more at the end of every period. He's like, he establishes himself. He, I'm a legit terrorist. I'm serious about this. Give me my few billion dollars. So my next one is JC. CVD on the phone talking to Hallmark. Yeah? Mr. McCord? Matthew Hallmark, Secret Service. What's your situation? Rosie, how long have you known what's going on in Assume here? Assume we don't. Someone is holding the owner's box and everybody in it, including my kid. What else? Did you have agents posted at a private elevator? Two. Notified their families. Have you had any contact with the aggressors? I killed two. 
Is that contact? Look, one of them told me they're going to bring this whole building down. What are you guys going to do about it? We're still evaluating the situation. There's no situation. They want money, a lot of it. Give it to them. If you fuck around and something happens to my kid... We're considering every possible response. If you're not going to pay, say so. I'll get my daughter. Do not try any kind of rescue. Do you understand me? It's JCVD being as clear English as humanly possible to Hallmark, where it's almost to the point, it's damn near laughable. It is so good. His phone call conversations are top notch. Wouldn't miss if I said. Seth, your next one. I mean, I really liked it when he went in as the goalie. The Hawks are still on the offense, and Tolliver is not challenging the shooters at all. Well, he hasn't challenged much all night. Oh, shit. Move out. That's my absolute top. That's my top. Yeah, it's so good. Like when he goes in, I mean, as unrealistic as it is, that's the part where you get some emotion. That's the only emotional part of the entire movie because the little girl just bothers me the whole time because she's annoying. But uh, when he looks up and he does the um, the sign language to his yeah. son, so say, I love he's you or whatever. five miles up he, in the fucking arena. Yeah, yeah, that's a logic thing. He's in the arena and he, he's going around defusing the bombs. And, and basically the terrorists have been dispatched to find him. So like his only reprieve from the terrorists, like not finding him is like, I got to go on the ice, which is so the goalie just happens to come out sick with a fever. Game seven. That's a whole other thing. You're yeah. A, you're they do job. mention it in the beginning that he wasn't feeling good. Right. But like you're going to come out of game seven of the Stanley Cup final. Anyway, so he takes the goalie gear. No one notices. This is the Russ Tyler Goldberg situation yes. from D2. Yes. No one notices it's a different guy entirely. The goalie! Yes, puts the, <laughs> puts the goalie uniform on, goes out, and realizes instantly, like, he's in deep shit. Oh, yeah. Because the, the, he's like, he stay down there. Like, stay oh, down oh, there. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Stay down there. Oh, so, shit. Oh, shit. They get a breakaway, which, a terrible defense, because oh, the guy gets, like, essentially like a penalty shot one-on-one breakaway. He goes, Julie the Cat Gaffney. Glove save. And then he's like, I got to get out of here. He, like Seth says, he signals his son. He starts a fight. He's, he's been turbo man the whole time. I don't need a turbo <laughs> man. I got turbo man at home. And then he starts to fight. Oliver makes a little move out in front of the net. What's he doing? He just grabs the one game is kind of and then just punches him to get out of the game. It's awesome. So my last one is once again, phone call Jean-Claude Van Damme calls Josh Foss using the name Tom Castillo. Yeah, Tom Castillo. <laughs> Why is he using the name <laughs> Tom Castillo? Tom Castillo. Like, first off, like we said, McCord, Irish name. He's French Canadian. Then all of a sudden, what's your name? Tom Castillo. It's like, you're not Tom Castillo. Yeah. Hallmark's dead. Who's this? Tom Castillo, Secret Service. Tom Castillo. How you doing, Tom? I hope you were gentle with Hallmark. How many hostages besides the vice president are still alive? Oh, now that's a personal question, Tom. Ever been involved in an AOP, Tom? 
didn't call for conversation. How many are still alive? And then once again, it's the banter between him and Powers Booth back and forth. And for the longest time, I used to confuse Powers Booth or Robert Urich. I think those two are almost one and the same. Maybe that's you know what's so silly myself. about that scene is like, even though he calls him and he says he's Tom Castillo, Foss isn't buying any of this. And no. Foss puts him on the phone with his daughter, Emily. And JCVD is like, Emily, don't let him know it's me. I'll get you out. I'll take you home. I promise. Look around and tell me how many people are there. Just basically, just pretend that I'm Tom Castillo. That's my daddy, Tom Castillo. I'm Emily Castillo. Yeah, it's just insane. All right, Seth, you got a uh, last one at all? or? Uh, yeah, just one last one. And I mean, this is kind of interchangeable for my second or my third. I don't know. It can go either way. But when he lights Hallmark on fire. Oh, shit, yeah. Dude. That shit makes me laugh so hard. It's it just is, a funny scene. It's great. Yeah. I must be real proud. I'm going to be real rich. Now, very slowly. I mean, very slowly. Put your hands out of your pockets. What are you gonna do? Drown me? No. But it's awesome and it comes at it. I mean, you know it's coming because based on what you saw him do with the lighter fluid in the beginning, in the beginning yeah, he's, yeah. or you know, like previously, he's going through, he's rummaging through shit somewhere and he finds lighter fluid. And, uh, oh, he goes, got, he, he goes full Fahrenheit 451. He's a fireman who starts fires. Yes, 100%. Yeah. This guy, yeah. well, they do mention it that that he was uh, doing arson inspections for the fire department at one point. That's what tells you that, well, he, you know, he knows how to start them and everything too, but he lights Hallmark up and it's just great i the last thing i'll mention is the stuff 80s and 90s action movies were made of mccord shooting the pilot and the helicopter falls into the arena on the ice vertically vertically right perfectly down it's awesome <laughs> How did they feel? That was a miniature. Yes. I'm like, that's impressive. It looks great. I mean, it looked great on the VHS tape on the floor model hey, TV I was watching. Yeah. <laughs> it looked in 4K, probably not so much. But yeah, it was awesome that they pulled that off. Great miniature. However, they did that. It was fucking excellent. If you melted the ice, which a helicopter would probably do, the ice would turn to water and water becomes a pool. So there's almost a pool in this movie. Let's get out of the pool for a pool check. Hey, everybody, let's go down to the pool and have some fun. I almost sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ah, I should have been in this guy damn movie two lies on the ice pocket all right the dumbest pool check we've ever done we are building a hockey team from any fictional characters ever so a center two wingers two defensemen or women and a goalie i don't care what order you select them in you can pull from literally anything classic literature movies comic books cartoons build your team with literally anyone but regardless of how powerful or big or fast or whatever they are, they still have to use a stick to put a puck in the net. And bonus, if you have a team name, before we uh, started recording, we did predetermined. Seth will go first, then Jim, then myself. So Seth, your first pick of your fictional hockey team. I didn't know we were doing it like draft style, but um, I guess there's a real low chance of us taking the same people. I would gonna... say so. I'm going to go ahead and start out with my center. 
This is the person who I feel like is the tactician. They run the show and I am taking Andrew Wigan, AKA Ender from Ender's Game. Oh, okay. I have no smart choice. No idea who that is. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Andrew Wiggins, the NBA basketball player. No, that's an interesting choice. First pick of the Cleveland Cavaliers who is then traded. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was thinking I need somebody out there that, yeah, his physical size and everything, he's going to be at a disadvantage, but I want him. After Jim picks, you're going to see my pick is not too off of what yours was for my center. All right. My first pick also coming in at center. You need a man that can control the entire ice. He can also be an enforcer and when needed to can fucking kill somebody with a wicked check. Predator is my center. That's a scary center. Because think about it. Very nice. I like it. He can go stealth. That means he blends into the ice. You don't know when he's going to come. And instead of checking, he can hit the best thing. He could heat. Not knowing when you're going to come. Story of my life. Actually, I know. And then I'm very disappointed with myself. And then she's like, what was that? I'm like, and that's a nice time in this movie because JCVD was in the Predator suit originally. Oh, boom. I totally forgot about that. Good pickup, Kevin. That's why we're fucking professionals here on the pool scene podcast. But think about it. If it's a shootout, it's past overtime to go to Stanley Cup finals. He could literally kill the goalie. I couldn't win a faceoff against Predator. Who would want to? All right, Kevin, what do you got next? My center. I'm going with someone that both of you are more familiar with than me. Spock. He wears the oh. captain's armband oh, nice. because of his calm demeanor and his intellect. With all these fictional characters, superpowers, it's going to be chaos on ice. Spock can analyze the situation, see the timelines of when he's going to score. Now, Kevin and Seth, not to get too nerdy as a fellow trekker who's now we're all, we're all, we're already there let's just fucking go in the vulcans follow idic the idic infinite yep, dimensions out. in infinite combinations so he knows what to do vulcan nerve pinch somebody but bam you are now going to the campbell conference finals <laughs> is there still <laughs> the campbell conference or wales conference the pool center out there i need you to photoshop our picks into hockey uniforms oh my Give god Spock in the campbell conference jersey <laughs> greatest thing ever all right seth you're next all right so uh i put my enforcer at left wing i wanted somebody who could get the job done uh somebody that was lethal so i'm taking uh john wick oh nice uh, no superpowers or anything, but the man cannot be stopped. He keeps coming back. When he wants to get something done, he's going to get it done. He's going to protect my center, Ender. Maybe Cap- Predator killed his dog. The captain of the Continentals. I like to think that this game that we're about to have is a three-way hockey game. Ooh. So it's sort of like a triad. It's a, it's a triangle ice yeah. combo. Is there three yes. goals? Yeah, three yeah. goals. Okay, all right. I don't know how you could score on either opposing goal. I don't know. I just think... Now I want to draw this. Like, yeah. I want to conceivably draw this out. This could be very interesting. Three-way I want to make a video game of this. There, that's even better. It's another yeah. thing... Like that, league hockey. It's another thing that could be a video game easily. So my left winger, I'm going... Going a little nuts here. So I want somebody who could be a normal guy. And then at the flip of a switch with some anger, he can be very, very angry. I'm not talking about the Incredible Hulk. I'm talking about Teen Wolf. God damn it. Look what Teen Wolf did for high school sports. What can that kid do on the hockey rink? 
He'll get that whole arena behind him too. Now here's the thing. He's going to get the shit kicked out of him for two and a half periods. And in that third period, when it's crunch time, he gets angry. He does the, I love you thing. Looking up at his fucking dad, Mr. Howard, the hardware store guy. And then he just turns into Teen Wolf, game on, win in the end, Mark Safin, great wow. song. Just like he'd like a keg of beer, I think I could see him drinking the beer out of the, the Stanley, Stanley Cup. Cup. Yeah. I went defense next. And as Seth said, every team, every hockey team needs an enforcer. What profession is known for enforcing? Cops. I'm going with Martin Riggs from Lethal Weapon. Oh, that's a good one. Could have I picked other cops? Of course. But Riggs has the hockey flow hair. Oh, it's beautiful. So, and also he has a gun, which is going to prove useful (laughs) in defense. He's also a a loose cannon. You don't know what he's going to do. He's a loose cannon. He has a gun. He's out there skating with a gun. He's (laughs) sticking one in a gun. You don't think I'll do it? You don't think I'll do it? Watch me do it. Yeah. And then he takes the Stanley Cup to uh, his partner in the bathtub. In the, oh God. And they all look at their father's dick. All right, Seth, your next one, preferably not from a bathtub. For for my right wing, this is where I wanted to get somebody that could manipulate the field. So what are ice skates made out of? Metal. I want Magneto out there. Nice. Nice. That's really smart. I I want him to be able to move other players or at least their feet, which is going to, you know, inevitably move them around the ice uh, until somebody figures out a way to stop him. So I want that power on the, uh, on the ice. Really smart. I like that. So I'm going also with my right winger. You got to look at the illustrious backgrounds of right wingers. You have oh, Alec- no. Alexander Mogil. Alex Jones. You have Alex. You, wow, Alex you said Jones. right wingers. <laughs> <laughs> For your right winger, you got to go. Alex Jones. I'm going to get out on that. I'm going to get out on that ice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's talk about Pittsburgh. <laughs> so my right winger, not Republican, is somebody who is very elusive, who can get to the lowest part of the ice. Guys will not be able to check him because he's already hauled ass past him. Warwick Davis is Willow. <laughs> wow. Warwick da- because think about it. He's a little person that has magical powers that will never be able to be stopped on ice. Could I went with Sam? Possibly. Could I went with Frodo? Yeah. Both of them are currently bricking on each other's foot. So I'm going with Willow. Val Kilmer approved. Yeah. Uh, Laura Dannon handing him his uh his hockey stick foraged from a tree branch. Exactly. So fashion uh, a kayak uh, out of a log. I'm going with uh, uh, my goalie next. I'm going with Bowser from Mario Brothers Universe. Okay. Wow. First, he's huge. He fills out a net, but having firepower means he can melt ice. Imagine if a, a player tries to get near the goal and he just fucking melts the ice in front yeah. of them. Going to be a good, uh, a, a handy trick to come. Like you're going to melt the ice. You can't skate on it. Yes. Yeah. But that, that brings up a uh, logistics problem. Do they have to create more ice in order to continue play? I don't know. I mean, it's going to get I don't know. I like to think. It's the longest hockey game uh, exactly. ever. Exactly. I like to think it, this game's going to be uh, one nothing. Jesus. Like, We're yeah. going to have to ask you to stop. Uh, well, you keep on uh, melting it, and it's just there's water everywhere. It's a little may too have hot to wait, in here. May have to wait for my next pick. <laughs> All right, Seth, you are up next. Oh, boy. 
This was not an audible. My next pick will be an audible, but my left defenseman, uh, I love that you took Predator because your team's going down because I'm pulling in Dutch. Oh, okay. You mean Ed o- do you mean Ed O'Neill's Dutch? <laughs> no, no, oh, you, no. Damn it. You know exactly which Dutch I'm talking about. And, and he's going to be oiled and sweaty and look just like he did it's in hot. Predator. Those two uh, are probably going to cancel each other out. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They're just, they have a personal vendetta, which is going to be interesting. As long as Dylan isn't on the fucking team, that son <laughs> of a bitch. Yeah, son of a bitch. They're just going to be off in the you know corner or behind the you know one of the goals, just fighting the whole time. So they will cancel each other out. I'm also going with my left defenseman along the veins of Al McGinnis from the St. Louis Blues, Brian Leach from the New York Rangers, and you Penguins fans, Mag CH. I'm talking about you, Shell Sanderson. Or I'm sorry, Shell Samuelson, not Sanderson. Shell Sanderson. Shell Samuelson. I'm going with the leader of the Autobots. We're going with Optimus Prime because if that motherfucker's in a semi truck mode, he's going to truck every motherfucker. I had him on my list at one point. See, I was thinking Megatron, but I'm thinking the gun might be too much because I already got a laser guy on the ice. So I don't need the gun guy. No, I love it. At least he did Shell Silverstein. Silverstein. Remember that video of that band smoking weed at Shell Silverstein's house? No. That Matt Thompson said it. Oh, that's right. You're right about that. That's a good Uh, one. I went uh, defense. You almost said Shelbert Silverstein. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Silverstein, the emo band, they're just going to, the whole team. Oh, great Uh, reference. I'm going uh, defense. This my my second defenseman. I'm going Mr. Freeze. Ooh. So having Bowser melt the ice is is great on defense. Not not optimal on offense. So Freeze is out there not only to repair the ice when necessary, but he can make ice where there's not ice, meaning he may be able to like make a track to go above the ice. So like sneaky bastard. Yeah, he can make his own ice highway over the ice and do quips on top of it. He can do quips on top of it. And then we have that's our second Arnold out there. Now, I was thinking of uh, you say Mr. Freeze. I actually had Iceman from the yeah. X-Men on yep. my list. I was trying to think of that way. Yeah, you want people so, to be comfortable on the ice. Yeah. I mean, you go with Elsa from Frozen. <laughs> oh, Val that, Kilmer Iceman. That would have been a good one. Val so, Kilmer uh, Iceman. I'm not going to go with my right defenseman. I'm, I'm going to save him for last since he holds a lot of power. Ooh. But I'm going to take a goalie now. And I want Wonder Woman in my goal. Wow. With Ooh, okay. with, with her speed and uh, her strength. Her I lasso want, of truth? I want the Gal Gadot Wonder not, Woman. Not Lindsay Wagner. No, specifically the Gal Gadot. I want her in there. So that's my goalie. Nice. Okay, I'm sticking on online, not AOL. Going right defenseman. You've got mail. Ooh, very dude. That's that really, really good. Between my EA Sports and your AOL, you got mail. I think we got something. We can do this. We could be like a Pincus and McCarthy type guy. Wait, did somebody just pick the AOL you've got mail guy to be on their team? No, because I mean who fuck it is. So I figured I need to pair somebody with my center with Predator. And I think the person that compliments him the most is a xenomorph from Alien. I knew what? you were gonna do that. I knew you were gonna do that. Once again. I got a killer on the black on the back line. He could stick his little mouth out, kill somebody, spray green shit on somebody, melt their feet, possibly not melt the ice. Hopefully 
Maybe we could put some sort of coating down. The Xenomorph snot doesn't go into the ice. But man, I got Predator and, and a Xenomorph on the same side. I'm golden. I wish I would have made us all pick a coach, a fictional coach who could keep. Why going. can't we? We, we can do could, that last. but that's on the fly. That's tough. Yeah, fuck it. We um, can do it. So uh, we're up to my uh, my right winger, not Alex Jones. I'm going Stanley Ipkiss with the mask oh. from the movie The Mask because the mask pretty much gives him any power he wants. And I would think that translates to goals and exists. Smoke it. <laughs> He's going to figure right. it out somehow. He's going to overcome all of the other obstacles on the ice. You know, it would have been cool to make him a goalie, though, because like the mask is like a goalie mask. Yeah. Could have been neat, but yeah. Stanley, he looks, he's slender. Looks like he's got a lot of speed. I, yeah. Great. Gary's Canadian too. Great character. Horrific movie. We're going to have, we're going to cover it. It's terrible. <laughs> Just, you know, I'll probably like St. Elmo's fire. It's, it's like, so that comic book, I think like most things was like a lot more violent yeah. and like gritty. And then they just basically made it a family movie. Yeah. Which wasn't great. For my final pick, uh, I'm going to let my fanboy flag fly here. But uh, coming in at, uh, what did I say, my right defenseman? Yeah, it's going to be your right defense. My right defenseman is going to be, uh, oh, hey, hey, you guys got a puck? Oh, yeah, no. With the puck. I'm bringing in David McCall because oh, that motherfucker, fuck. he can throw people like 250 yards. He's He's a menace. I mean, you don't want to get near him. I mean, he's going to, you know, put like, uh, you know, hockey forever. You know, yeah, it's like be no, no goals forever. Yeah. Do you really want to give that guy a stick no. with his hate? Yes. 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 Oh, yes. I'm taking David McCall. He I is out there. On, he hey, is on the ice. Hey, Gary, I didn't know you played high school sports. Guess what I do? I play pro hockey, bitch. <laughs> You got a predator? You got a predator? I got Xenomorph. Eat me. I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. Yeah, baby. All right. So I'm getting weird here with my goalie because I wanted to go somebody completely left field. What you want in goalie is a short, compactive big man that is agile. I'm going the opposite way. My goalie is Minute Bull. <laughs> He's not fictional. He could be. Um <laughs> All right, fine. Go fucking... I'm going with Manute Bowl from NBA Live. <laughs> I'm going Manute Bowl. That guy was real. He was not real out there. That's not a real man. I'm going Manute Bowl as Bigfoot minus the hair. So hear me out. He's seven feet, seven inches tall. He weighs, I think he weighed like a buck 25. He was very small. However, his legs and his arms were virtually hockey sticks. So if he were to get on the ice, hopefully he doesn't break a leg. He's also an offensive goalie. So if I need an empty net goal, that dude could convert one of his legs or arms into a hockey so stick. So why not pick and Dalsim from Street Fighter? Yeah, I don't like Dalsim. Okay. He's into yoga. Pick Dalsim from the Street Fighter movie. Oh, that's not even really Dalsim. It's just some bloke. My last pick just is... Just some chud. My left winger, <laughs> so much like Stanley Ipkiss. I'm going Spawn because like Stanley Ipkiss in the mask, he has every power. Superhuman strength, superhuman speed, telekinesis, teleportation. I mean, you name it. I never liked Spawn much because he was always like that kid you grew up with where it's like he just made up the rules as he went in every game. Yeah. That's what Spawn is. He has every power ever because of the cape. So I have Stanley Ipkiss at my right wing with the mask and Spawn at my left wing with the cape. Between that's, those two. That's dangerous. Yeah. Freaking crazy. So let's do a quick rundown of our starting five. And if you want to throw your coach in, go ahead. So I'm going to start. Here's my starting five. Predator at Senator, 
Left winger. Senator? Senator, 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 Senator Predator. Senator Predator at center. Left winger, Teen Wolf. Right winger, Willow. Left defenseman, Optimus Prime. Right defense, Xenomorph. My goalie is fictional Manute Bowl, and they're coached by West Canaan's own Bud Kilmer. Oh, no. Wow. Take no shit. Seth, do your five, and if you want to throw in a coach. My center is, is going to be Andrew Wigan from Ender's Game. John Wick at left wing. Magneto at right wing. My left defenseman is Dutch from Predator. My right defenseman is... David McCall and my goalie is Wonder Woman and my coach uh, is going to be I'm going to go with the first person that comes into mind Beast Man from Masters of the Universe. Oh, nice. nice. I thought you were going to be Mark Singer's Beast Man or that's Beast Master. I thought you were going to do Mark that's Summers from Double Dare. Beast. I literally looked up in my wall and saw my Beast Man figure and that's what I said. Perfect. Uh, my center is Spock. Supporting him at right and left wing are Stanley Ipkiss and Spawn. At defense Martin Riggs and Mr. Freeze and my goalie is Koopa from Super Mario Bros. And who better to choose as a fictional coach than the Minnesota Miracle Man, Gordon Bombay. Bombay. The Zare Bombays. Nice. Kevin, your team takes it. I don't know. That's my opinion. It would be very interesting. I do like the time travel aspect of Spock. Yeah. Because he can see every outcome, which you could have went Doctor Strange. Or Doctor Who. You could have went Doctor Who. You could have went, I was almost going to pick Marty McFly. I was like, but if without the DeLorean on the ice. He's just some asshole. He's just some guy, you know? So I was like, I like Spock that he can see the outcomes and know what has to happen to square a goal. I agree. It's just the doctor, but the way jim i'll designate him i picked the 12th doctor fine we're going oh nice oh okay. who is also the 14th doctor i always take the war doctor that's right i'm sorry 10th doctor tenant was 10 he's 10 and 14 that, that's right, another well, podcast that's right that was really fun uh but we gotta refreeze that ice and get back out there so we're gonna get out there and we're gonna get everybody i don't know what i'm trying to do schwarzenegger for i don't know i wouldn't miss him for the saying it's in the game Joan. hi darren are you working tonight? Yeah, after I take Tyler into the locker room. Hey, could you give Emily a look at Icy? Icy always loves company. Come on, Emily. I'm going to show you where Icy is, okay? Icy, big deal. Some fat guy in a ratty penguin suit. That blonde you're staring at? She's the fat guy. Critical question. Is the bad guy's money heist plan good or bad? Do you think the U.S. government would sacrifice 17,000 lives, including the vice president, over a few billion dollars? Good plan, bad plan. Are we saying, like, do you think that the government would just pay it and say whatever? Yeah. Do do you think this is a plan that the terrorists could get away with? <sighs> I want to say yes. It's so I mean, cliche, for the government, though. all this money is just monopoly money anyway. They can yeah. do whatever they want. I mean, they're going to do it if they think that it's the vice president. Yeah, right. It's so cliche, though, because it's always money. It's always money. It's always fucking money. And that's the thing. Like, if you really think about it, like this situation in present day real world, I I don't know. First of all, is Vice President Harris going to be at the Pittsburgh Penguins game seven Stanley Cup finals? That's a logic question. That's what I want to know. Yeah, where it's a fucking nightmare to drive around Pittsburgh, for God's sake. Yeah, but they don't knows. ever say if he's from Pennsylvania. No, they don't ever say if he's a hockey fan. They don't ever say why the fuck he's even at the game. And just because it's game seven... 
that's not an excuse for the vice president to be at a hockey game. Uh, which, so off the top of your guys' head, which movie can you think of? Mostly heist movies, but which movie can you think of that has like the best plan that you think the characters could actually get away with? Ocean's Eleven? There's a uh, lot of moving parts in that though, that you would mean, have to go right. Yeah. And a lot See, of people involved. The Italian job popped into my head, but yeah. that's, oh, that that could actually happen. Oh yeah, that is off the top of the head. So, I can't, I don't know. I went Inside Man based off a true story which I'd say is pretty great. And I'm I'm going to spoil Inside Man. So I'd say either skip ahead 60 seconds or tough shit. So in Inside Man, instead of stealing the contents of the vault, the heist crew builds a fake wall to make it appear as an empty vault. And then the dude fucking lives in there yeah. for a week. And then he's able to slip out, but he didn't come for money. So like Jim said, it's not, he wasn't trying to get out of there with a billion dollars. No. He went in there just to be like, hey, this bank owner's a literal Nazi. Yeah. And he wanted to prove with this safety deposit box that he has evidence that the bank owner's a Nazi. So, and I always said like pool seniors, don't steal my idea. Honestly, I'd be surprised if this doesn't exist already, but you'd have to say, so like with bank heists specifically, in order to pull one off, if you were to write a bank heist movie, you couldn't write it present day. You'd have no. to go back at least 20 years. But a cool idea I always thought was bank robberies committed during a snowstorm and then escape on snowmobiles Ooh. because you could go through the woods across a lake. You know, they kind of did that in Die Hard too, and they yeah. proved it's possible. Yeah, so you could you could steal the money, go in your your snowmobiles, and go places. You could be gone by the time they'd be able to yeah. dispatch choppers or whatever to go after you. I agree. But I mean, how good of a movie does that end up being if they just get away? If they right went away. right, exactly. If they get away with it, so I don't know. I mean, we'd have to uh, brainstorm. So. I think during a storm during a in a big city because you're not going to have a lot of traffic on the road yeah right yeah you have to. i think yeah. it can't be like in the suburbs or anything no. it has to be in a big city it would have to be almost in a town where you know there's woods and a lot of like wilderness but there inevitably has to be a bank but you'd have to target banks that have that sort of setting already it would help are there do mom and pop type banks i'm not saying there's mom and pop type banks anymore but you had remember back in the day you would have 75 banks in one little town. What's that uh, Chris Pine movie from a couple years ago? Star Trek. Star Trek. It's a Star Trek heist movie. Yeah, Star Trek. I can't remember um, what it, it was. It was nominated for stuff. Um, give me a second and I'll figure it out. But that movie kind of is that sort of thing. Like they're almost hitting up sort of, oh, it's called Hell or High Water. Okay. So in that movie, they're sort of hitting up like the little, you know, more like mom it and pop. It might not have a big money amount, but it's enough to add up to. Yeah. So in Sudden Death, I mean, I honestly don't think this is a bad plan, but I also don't think it's really plausible or logic wise that the terrorists would be able to get into the arena and wire it up with enough explosives to kill everyone in there and without anyone noticing. Plus, they would have had to have done this days in advance. They would have had to have done it days in advance. And from what we get there, we don't notice any inside jobs except for Hallmark. That's yeah. really it. Right. All so, you see is them sneaking in and right, using that's the badges. It. You don't get any kind of no, they never predetermined really setup. You don't get anything. Not at no. all. So you wonder like, well, how did they get all the explosives in there? How did they? It would have taken a lot of people yeah. to be involved. So, well, that's perfect transition um, to get into logic. We give you a, a little preview of logic. So, Jim, uh, without further ado. Hey, guys, guess what? I used to play hockey all the time. And I went to Pittsburgh with my buddy. He was a member of New Kids on the Block. I shouldn't say my buddy. He's my brother because he's my best friend. But one time we went to Pittsburgh and we went over that yellow bridge and some guy came up to me and said, are you Mark Wahlberg? I was like, no, I'm a hockey player. If you call me Mark Wahlberg one more time, I'm going to fucking kill you. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. 
you should have allowed nature to take its course. All right. So I, I have to go first in logic and say this has to be the first time in a movie we've covered that my favorite scene is also the biggest logic because he could not have made that save. I don't no. care if he played semi-pro in Canada. He's been a firefighter for how long? Let's long guess time. a decade. It's been two years since he was a firefighter. He goes on the ice cold without stretching, not warmed up at all. And first, nobody notices it's him. He has a different face, whatever. But he makes a legendary save. After the save, he signals to his son in the crowd. His kid probably wonders again with the whole Turbo Man thing. Has my dad been Tolliver the whole time? <laughs> Does my dad play this whole game? Um, or yeah, like, why is Tolliver doing the same thing that my dad does? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then what if he would have lost Pittsburgh the Stanley Cup? That would fucking great. That, and then like that would have caused like so many books and like ESPN 30 for 30s and documentaries. Uh, the fire marshal snuck on the ice as the goalie and <laughs> missed, you know, like an easy save. And he decided to let the bombs detonate because he didn't want to go on living I, anymore. I mean, I don't care like the difference between semi-pro and NHL and not only that yeah. but it's like it's not even like he's currently playing semi-pro hockey no he's not he hasn't played semi-pro hockey in a decade or more yeah and then he just walks onto the ice in the Stanley Cup finals probably against Chris Chelios it just yeah. makes a save yeah it's no Jeremy Roenick though crazy no yeah, Jeremy no. Roenick so my first one and we talked about it like why would the vice president of the United States go to game seven of the Stanley Cup no explanation where he's from but most of all and this is a governmental secret service type issue even though he is the vice president of the United States he's second in command of running the country he sure as hell would not be in the lead limousine in that motorcade the vice president would at least be three or four back they'd probably have flags on the cars, every car, so you don't know which one's which. The V POTUS is never going to be in the lead car of a limousine. Plus, like I said, if anybody is driven around downtown Pittsburgh, it's one-way streets everywhere. It's nightmare traffic. There's always construction going on. Not saying this because I'm a pro Clevelander. Pittsburgh fucking sucks when it comes driving around <laughs> yeah, downtown it's Pittsburgh. It's a nightmare. I don't remember. Did they show a third empty seat next to his kids? Man, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. think they did. I no. think there's another guy sitting there. Yeah, so, logic point. First of all, if you're going to bring your kids to the game, why are you sitting? If you're the fire marshal of that building, why are you sitting all the way up in those stands? There's, he's working. Well, right, but like... It doesn't but, matter. If he's working, he's going to leave his kids with somebody like in a club level, yeah. somebody that he knows some employees or be taken care of. Right. He's not he, going to leave him up there. He is such a trusted member of that facility of Civic Arena. Don't you think they'd give him like first row seats or something like that? Hey, thanks for everything. Yeah. You go down there with well, your kids. It's, enjoy it's weird it. because like his wife, his ex-wife or whatever, she's already pissed that he just showed up because she doesn't want to let him go. She's like, you can't just show up here. She's like, we're going to dinner and he just shows up. But then too, he's working the game. He is. So he leaves his two below eight-year-old children or something to just sit there and watch an entire hockey game by themselves with strangers. You know what's amazing? Oh, granted, it hits his ex-wife. It wasn't an amicable split. The stepdad seems to be cool. Like legit cool. Yeah. Like he comes with tickets. Stepdad's like, basically, oh, that's cool. You got tickets for the kids. She's an evil bitch, yeah. which makes me think she's a part of the fucking plot. <laughs> she's behind it. Yeah. She's a, a yinzer. She was terrorist. in the she was in the Secret Service. So yeah. my next one, the obvious question with this movie is who won? 
When was play resumed? I was going to say the same thing. Because of all the damage to the arena, game seven would have to be resumed at a neutral site. It would have to be. Or since a helicopter crashed on the ice, would they just say, you know what? We're canceling the game with co-champions. You got to think about it. If you're looking legit. Yeah, but then who gets to keep the Stanley Cup? They have there to share go. it. Make a second well, Stanley Cup? Game seven in overtime. If you look logistically, that ice is fucked. They would have to go to Philadelphia to finish the game. They're yeah. either going to Philadelphia or Buffalo. Those are the only two sites that can pull this off. Real life logic. Is it logical to have a JCVD movie where he's not doing all kinds of karate and splits? Very and minimal the karate. Is no. Minimal karate, no splits. But I think that is why they don't give him a backstory is like why he there wasn't a backstory. So he couldn't fight like that. He couldn't do everything that he was in all of his other movies. But I just I, don't see how you have I, a movie yeah. like that. Not give him... Of the four choices I mentioned, though, I like him the best out of them. Because, like, Arnold as the fire marshal. A lot. Stallone as the fire marshal. You're talking two really muscular dudes. Bruce Willis, maybe. But then there's no karate. Then it's just more of, like, brawling. John McClane yeah. as a fire marshal. Yeah. Well, but, then it's too close to a diehard movie. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know if there's anyone. Mark Dacascos is always like the JCVD substitute, but Tim Robbins. I think uh, Sylvester Stallone could have done it. Well, speaking of which, didn't Sylvester Stallone, he did Daybreak. Didn't yeah. that not take place in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Kit Latura, great name. Daybreak or Daylight? Day oh, it was a day, daylight. it's Daylight. It's Daylight, you're right. Where they get trapped in the tunnel? The yep. tunnel, I think that was Pittsburgh, I think. I don't know where it was. So in the mascot fight, why is there food cooking on the grill? Or should I phrase it as, why is there food on the grill that's not burned beyond oblivion? Yeah, there's no cooks. Because... I could see it as though like, okay, the cooks were cooking the food. And low then, and slow, baby. Yeah. You and don't burn, got, low and slow. And then they got chased off by the terrorists. But like, there's food on the grill. And when he puts the mascot's hand in the fryer, there's fries in there. Yeah. There should be fires in that kitchen. Clean grease, though. I can't stress this enough. Seth, we worked with nasty-ass grease. That was legit grease. There's just like some normal they had food. Just swa- they had just swapped it out. It yep. had gotten so bad that they had to pump it out with the big red barrel. Oh, you know? fuck that thing. That was bad. <laughs> Game seven. So here's one. Like I mentioned earlier, the old guy that just gave, took the stamp from his daughter. The next guy that follows him is the dirty looking terrorist with sunglasses. The motherfucker literally took his security badge picture with his sunglasses on. So you don't think that's going to throw up a red flag, even with the old guy going, hey, man. But I love the fact that he took off his sunglasses and goes, hey, it's me, man. We're good. Don't you remember me? My name's Jerome. We're good to go here, man. I'm big Pens fan. Yins are up. So there's so much machine gun fire in this movie that no one hears or notices. Throughout the entire arena, there's just like people firing machine guns. And here's the thing that drove me nuts. Okay, no social media, kids. 1995. Somebody is going to know you have SWAT team, you have ATF, you have FBI outside. Somebody's going to know shit's going go down. Go out for a smoke break or something. Yeah, like, what the fuck are all these cops doing out here? You got no. people launching rocket-propelled grenades at helicopters. It's sort of like uh, it must be the security team from Mega Mountain. Because <laughs> no one seems to know anything that's going on at all. And then how many hockey buzzer beaters have you seen? Robotized scores with at most 0. 0.01 seconds yeah. left. And then oh, they go to Sunday. Very yeah. yeah. I mean, don't see a lot of hockey buzzer beaters, which again, Robotize a hero. He saved the lives of 17,000 people. And then the last one I'll mention... McCord's son beyond traumatized. Yeah. He's got to be just like he was left alone without his sister who's been kidnapped by terrorists. Kevin, he did have a super soaker 50. He did. All right. He's Why? just sitting there. And then when when Hallmark tries to come and get him. My dad told me to stay here even if the building fell down. <laughs> 
Well, if it did come down, up there is where you'd want to be. <laughs> come on. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be embarrassed going back without you. Do you know my mom? No, but your dad's invited me over for dinner tomorrow night. My mom and dad don't live together. Hey, you didn't mention that. We just said bring you upstairs. Now, don't you think you should do what you're told? I am. Look, I need you to come with me. I'm with the Secret Service. Come with me now. Come on, down in front! I'll scream. I told you I'm with the Secret Service. And I'm a little kid. And he's like, I know your dad. And he's like, oh, you do? And he's like, yeah, he invited me over for, for dinner with your mom. And he's like, well, my mom, we don't, you know, like my yeah. dad doesn't live with my mom. She's dead. So, yeah. Like, so he's like, I didn't want to listen to him at the beginning when my dad said not to leave my seat, but I'm listening to him now for yeah. some reason. Oh, because it's convenient for the plot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have one very bad egregious one. So the secret service agent gets in, into a fight with one of the henchmen. He takes a fucking shot to the head dead, right? No, he was still alive with a bullet to the head before they finished him again. The guy came back from the fucking dead after a bullet straight to the forehead, came back, <laughs> tried to fight again. They capped him again. <laughs> he got triple capped before he died. This guy was fueled by icy light and permantes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My favorite game at Mountain Permantes is the only good thing to come out of Pittsburgh. Bingo and Carson Street. My uh, favorite thing at Mountaineer Casino is my favorite slot machine or my favorite game is you give them a dollar and they give you an icy light. You win every time. <laughs> yeah. You get a Siggy. Put a dollar in and they give you an icy light. It's Eaters and icy lights. I, That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, what is legacy of this movie? Sun death was such a big deal that in addition to appearing on some greatest action movie lists, there was also a Netflix remake called Welcome to Sudden Death starring Michael Jai White, who also played, didn't he play Spawn? Yeah, he did. Um, yep. Earlier, I mentioned- And Black Dynamite. That's yes, right. Yep. Earlier, I mentioned the original script, which was more of an action movie parody. That's where Welcome to Sudden Death came from which probably why the deviation to the title because they made it's like a loose remake it's not an exact remake it's yeah. based off the original script so I, I might have to watch it if i'm ever just like sitting around with nothing to watch nothing I might put to it on. smart there's also a loose remake with dave batista called final score with soccer instead of hockey i don't think he ends up playing goalie in that one no i wish he did it makes a save batista i'm gonna, bomb I'm gonna have somebody. to find that one because i'm like is that a foreign film like i've never heard of that voodoo or something and then it's obviously appeared on a lot of greatest action movies list stick around for some plugs cool sceners once again thank you for listening to this episode of the show and all of the other ones in our back catalog and you can find those on apple spotify podbean podbay and wherever you get your podcast from because we are there and never forget to like comment, subscribe, rate, and follow on Facebook. Join the Pool Seniors group for exclusive content. You will get it there first. Instagram, Twitch, Threads, TikTok, and YouTube at Pool Scene Podcast. We are all over the place, so you will never get one opportunity to miss us anytime, anywhere. And as always... Back to Kevin. Hey, final lap guy, didn't you sneak into a race and, and drive a car and win or something? Yeah, the final lap. So I I feel like Pigman from PCU, but instead of I can stop watching TV, 
I can stop eating McDonald's. Yeah, we won. So they've got the uh, McDonald's boo buckets, the pails back this year with four instead of three. I've never, ever called them boo buckets until they started calling them boo buckets this year. Just pails. They're just pails. They pale in comparison to the old ones. They do. Um. So, yeah. So this year we lucked out because a, a McDonald's location that's less than stellar. Undisclosed. Undisclosed. They said, you know what? You don't even have to buy food you want all of them six bucks and we didn't ask they were just like listen we have the purple one you can get the happy meal but we have all four if you just want to buy them let's preface this mcdonald's everybody it's almost in the middle of a demilitarized zone it looks like a car went through the side of the building they only had one entrance in barely anybody working manager sweet as hell literally just offered them all up seven bucks boom got them all perfect I mean, I, I will say I personally, I love the hunt of things. I love going and looking for things and finding them and all of that. Yeah, we all do. But like the stress of, of doing that and the stress on our hearts and our cholesterol and all of that to say just like, I got them all. I'm good. How many fucking nuggets did me and you collectively eat last year alone to get all three? And, and how disappointing was it to be like, I have this one, you know, like yeah. I got a second of this one. I got whatever. so many fucking spares from last year. Still. Yeah. And, and they're not supposed to break street date but so mcdonald's starts selling them early yeah seth are you collecting them no but um how different are they from the ones back when we were kids oh i mean they're just they're a cheaper bucket they're smaller smaller logos they're flimsy there's no actual lid there's like a simulated lid they come with stickers a they're... simulated lid you mean like yeah. a force field no it yeah. literally it goes is. over it's... half the pail so for instance if there's a witch it's literally a piece of plastic that goes from one side to the other with a triangle on it it doesn't even it's, cover it's the so lid. that if you look at it from the front it looks like there's a lid yeah but i so, like it better that there's a force field on it i would love to have them the problem is that that causes me to go near a mcdonald's and yeah. i would not be able to not get so yeah i would have to order some food i yeah. felt damn good that the manager's like honey you don't need to get any food i got them all in the back i'm like oh you're the best i said that mcdonald's is probably like i'm tired of these white people coming in here asking about these halloween buckets sell them to everybody whether I, they want them or not. I kind of diffused the situation because I was like, oh, my kids are going to be super happy to get all these today. <laughs> nice. Because I knew in the back of her mind, she's probably like, you piece of shit. You scumbag. <laughs> uh, You're getting a kid's toy. Damn straight I am. If you knew that, straight. why didn't you just roll with it, Jim? I didn't want to. I wanted to make sure I secured all four. So speaking of, of no. actually actually having kids and not lying about it, sure. uh, my kids uh, want them, and I'm still going to encourage them if they want them. We're going to try and get them because I, I have fond, nostalgic memories of, of this sort of thing. Well, for instance, my McDonald's, which Kevin and I have rated stellar. Oh, great. McDonald's. There are moments when I got breakfast the other morning, me and my girlfriend, and I started pulling away. They totally forgot to give me my big breakfast bag. I was like, there's just two sandwiches <laughs> here. If you got to hold it, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Big fucking bag to miss. Yeah. Every now and then there's an occasional flob, but they are stellar. But oh, for instance, good. this morning, they clean started fryer grease, very clean fryer grease. You can put your hand in there and you only put your burn, hand in it. burn the right way. <laughs> but this morning they started with the white. I believe it's the mummy by midday they switched to the witch yeah so they went green going green <laughs> greenage
The hunt of finding these buckets are great, especially for kids. The fact that kids could be into getting these things gives me hope for the future. It's a great quest. I feel happy that I got all four. I still love my chicken nuggies. So it's like, uh, you know, it's hard. Yeah. So uh, also we've been talking video games a lot more on the Pool Scene podcast lately. And I wanted to mention, so the Atari Jaguar is a system that was released in It wasn't officially discontinued as a system until 1996, but did you know that the Jaguar lived a second life? It was reincarnated, if you will, as dental equipment. Imagine Systems, a manufacturer of dental imaging equipment, purchased the system's cartridge and console molds, which with minor modification could fit their hot rod camera. The cartridge molds were used for an optional memory expansion card, and this ended up being a way cheaper solution than designing and purchasing new molds to house their equipment. Upcycling, we love to see it. Damn straight. It's the best. I've the only problem with the Jaguar. First off, Atari was behind the eight yeah. ball from the crash of 83. They were playing catch up. 5,200 was garbage. 7,800 was the one that they wanted to come out with in 83. But then Nintendo came out, plummeted that. But then they're like, Jag, we're back. The Jaguar, 64 legitimate bits of graphics. It beat the N64 by three years. Here's the problem, folks. When you deep dive into it, it's a 32-bit system with cartridges. Cartridges were garbage. Also, the Jag had one of those controllers that, you know, had the normal, but you had to put those little plastic slips over the massive number panel because people didn't get enough of that with the Atari 5200 to 7800, the Intellivision. Let's have a goddamn button with an overlay for everything. And it was just garbage. But all these Jag shells just sat out there. A couple of years ago, they tried to reinvent the Coleco with the Coleco Chameleon using the Jag shells. But yeah, a lot of medical field things use a lot of old video game console shells. For instance, big fan of Ghost Adventures here. I'm not going to lie. I did my first ghost hunt last week. I caught some awesome EVPs, disembodied screams. Maybe I'll put some up here for you guys to hear. My name is Zach Bagans. I never believed in ghosts until I came face to face with one. Do you guys feeling anything? I can't get any touched. Are you? Yeah. George, are you touching Sarah? The fuck was that? What the hell was that? George, are you touching Sarah? George, are you touching Sarah? These are our ghost adventures. I can't wait to do more ghost hunts, but the connect for the Xbox one found a second life in paranormal investigations using laser guided imagery to be able to find if there are like electromagnetic fields and possible spirit imaging pretty good. So video game technology has other uses other than us playing very bad video games. <laughs> so it's My the first time it. that anybody ever found a use for the connect. Well, as I yeah. say, connects, I remember uh, working a place that had 5,000 of them 
them that oh, they could not give away. God, I think I might have used my connect once and it was like Xbox on. And every time I said Xbox something, my goddamn system. Went I, you remember when the Xbox and the uh, the 360 and the PS3 05 06 and then the Wii came out and the Wii was like, again, I will forever say the Wii is like a shitty system, but it, it had high playability and something different. They did something different. Your grandma can play it. Yes, exactly. So instead of just like embracing what the PS3 and 360 were, the PS3, remember, came out with Move, which looked like a Hitachi or something. And then <laughs> Hitachi the uh, magic wand. Yeah, it looked like a Hitachi magic wand. And it like it was basically trying to knock off the Wii. Like they were yeah. fighting down to their competition rather than being like, we're something the Wii can never be. Like, we'll just ignore the Wii exists. Our graphics are stellar. Yeah, but they didn't do that. Who knows what Nintendo does with the Switch too? So we'll find out next year. I don't know, but I saw some footage for uh, Super Mario Wonder. Wonder. That comes out, I think, this fucking week. And people are uh, complaining. Is it this week already? I thought it was in... Oh, I, I, I could have sworn I heard somebody say this week. I might be wrong, and but I yeah, want it. My my kid keeps on talking about it, so yeah. I wish that's I could, all I hear I about. wish I could credit the correct person because they were saying how people are complaining in droves about if you are playing two players simultaneously, you become like transparent. Yeah, it's like ghosting. Rather than knocking you off a ledge, I just run through you so yeah. we both can jump over the ledge. Well, they did that as course correction because in the old one, you could strategize to like jump on your partner's head or whatever, but then you might knock the other one in the hole. But somebody was like, if 20 years ago, Nintendo had knives that shot out of the controllers when you fell in a hole, well, present day, the new generation would be like, well, where are the knives? You know, they just, everybody just can't accept change. They just can't, you know, embrace something new, but Jim, you you are right. It is the 20th. It's Friday already. And then they're re-releasing Super Mario RPG on Nintendo Switch Online, which I never played the first time around. That game ended up gaining a lot of value. I wouldn't mind playing that again. I will say what they've been able to do in the final two years of Switch alone, amazing. I would like Nintendo for once to go, you know what? We want to have a system that's equal on graphics to PS5, which is about to release the Slim in the Series X. I get Nintendo, it's its own thing. It'll sell millions and billions without being a graphical powerhouse, but why not? Okay, so I'm going to admit something. My kids want to switch and I'm going to say, I don't know how it works. I don't know what to buy them. (laughs) So here's the thing. I mean, as old as it makes us sound, you could buy it in an all-in-one package. Okay. It has a dock. You can either play it on the TV or you can hold it handheld. Okay. Now, the Switch Lite, which is out there, that's handheld only. You can't play it on the TV. But the gamepad is your controller. The Joy-Cons on the right are the controllers. The gamepad is just either what you're using to play the game with or you just keep it in the dock and you play it on the TV. Okay, so... Um, But I'm going to tell you something right now that if you're out there and you're listening and you don't know if you want to get into the Switch or not, there are third-party controllers. Oh, great. Hori ones are great. Hori. I I don't remember... I don't remember what what, uh, brand I have, but um, I got four of them and they're not, they have rumble. They're rechargeable. They're not as expensive. They aren't 60 bucks a piece. They're like 20 bucks a piece. Are they power A branded? Because those are good ones. I don't remember. They're blue and red. question for both of you then that sound familiar with Switch. If I buy my kids a Switch, what should I buy them? 
what game wise? No, or? just like what buy the Switch Lite? No, 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 because then you can't play it on a TV. No. Oh, okay. See, there is the normal Switch, which they have on now. I'm pretty sure there's a Mario bundle and a, uh, a Zelda bundle, but there's also the OLED one, which has the bigger screen and it's a little bit bigger. So, will which it, is beautiful. Will looking. it come with, I will have to buy what, one extra controller? Or? Well, it'll come with the Joy Cons on the side, but you could buy additional, like normal controllers like we're used to. So, I want two like classic controllers. Basically. Yeah, yes. or a Pro yes. Controller, yeah, okay. which is wireless. You okay. can get controllers that are wired, and then you the pro controllers. I have the pro controller. Okay, so I want. I'll just play. go ahead and say that. The, I mean, for me, the Joy Cons suck unless you're playing. Like you know, for my yeah. friends and I being on a submarine, yeah. everybody had a Switch and it was great. But if you're trying to connect it to a TV and then use these little Joy Con controllers, yeah. it's garbage. Okay. Plus those Joy Cons, I've replaced mine three times due to drift. They drift easily. Okay, They're drift. shit. Yeah, what uh, what does a pro controller cost? It costs. Oh, that's like 60 bucks. Okay. So Pro controller is 60, 70 systems like how much is if you just want the 300, if you want the bog standard one, I think it's 250, 300. The OLED is 350. Okay. And the OLED, the screen on it is people said that they've had the normal switch and went to the OLED. It's a great screen. Okay. It's yeah. It's night and day. The difference. If you put them next to each other. Yeah. It's for 50 bucks more. Why yeah, not? Right. So if I get one of those, then the kids could then play on the uh, gamepad thing. Yeah. If they want to handheld if they it, they want but, to play it handheld, they can play it. And on. if they want it on the TV, they put it in the dock because the dock is an yeah. HDMI dock that goes sure. into the TV. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. No, yeah. You're welcome. Being a self help. There's uh, your tech tip minute. You're giantbomb.com, everybody. <laughs> tech tip minute. Seth, before we get out of here, anything uh, you want to plug or mention before we go? Well, so you guys have been talking about the video games and everything. And, you know, as a fan of the uh, show, like, um, I think there's other viewers that probably would love to see some more video game stuff or maybe even see, you know, you and Jim, like you talked about it during this last week's one with the NHL 94 one, how, yeah. how you guys would play that. I want to see that. I want to see a video of you guys playing. That's you know, a good idea. I'm curious and I'm hoping <laughs> that there's a Patreon coming, but I think that those are the types of things that, that a yeah. lot of listeners would love to see. Now, I will say full disclosure, Kevin and I would love to do a Patreon. I mean, we're three and a half years into this. We're 170 episodes plus. In order to do like video if we want to Kevin and I do video we talk about this a lot like we talked about wanting to do Gears of War NHL games would be great to good it's just we would like to give you guys out there the pool seniors which have supported us from day one and we love you guys if there were to be a Patreon we've talked about like exclusive content like well, hey I'll tell you the I, I'm going to spoil it here yeah. because I don't know how close we are have, yeah. uh, having that amount of interest but the first thing I wanted to do for a Patreon if it comes any like $10 subscriber we're going to send you the fear episode on cassette. That's one of the special <laughs> things we want to do, but, and also I should say, exclusive if you're a Patreon member, we've talked about merch for a long time, but as a Patreon member, you will get Patreon exclusive merch. Yeah, like basically a special logo. the only way you can purchase our merch is if you're on the Patreon. Yeah, or if it's just like a special type of logo or something, you get that through Patreon. Watch-alongs like commercial watch-alongs or watch-alongs in general, or maybe move the swim meet series over to Patreon exclusive yeah. merch mm -hmm. play alongs where we play, you know, video games. I would just need a beefier computer to be able to do that. Cause right now, full disclosure, everybody, this is an audio computer only. This is for, just for audio editing for my end. It would be fun if we had a video element, yeah. like if we had a nice video camera that we can give you guys more things. So if you guys want to get into, into a Patreon where maybe we do like maybe a $10 tier and a $5 tier, cause they yeah. like to do the tier stuff. 
stuff. Yeah, five dollar tier gets you all the bonus content yeah. and stuff. Ten dollar tier gives you we'll send you something every month or two or yeah, whatever. and it'll be exclusive only podcasts, exclusive yeah. episodes that only you guys get. And kind of maybe we'll also make like the pool sceners group. Yeah, I kind of did that as a test template for if we were to have a Patreon, what could we add more? So we would have exclusive stuff, a separate password, so you guys have yeah. access to that stuff. But there's a lot of things that we would like to know what you guys would like, but we need to know if there would be interest to do maybe like a $5 or a $10 tier Patreon for you guys, because we love doing this and it would be great to be able to provide you guys with even more entertainment on top of that. So yeah. I mean, just, just coming from me and I'll try and make this quick, but I'm on my second, you know, listen through. I don't know if I mentioned it. Well, I really can't remember the Cruel Intentions episode or the draft. I don't think any <laughs> of us I don't, can. I don't remember the Cruel Intentions. But I know that I've told both of you that um, you guys are like a mental health thing for me. Like I, I look forward to my drive to and from work because I know I'm listening to you guys and it just detaches me from all the bullshit that's going on out there, whether it's, you know, in the news or, you know, my life that any kind of stressors that I'm dealing with, I know I can throw you guys on and I'm just in, I'm in a whole different world of nostalgia, you know, listening to things. And I love sharing you guys with people I work with and everything. Yeah. Definitely. I think there's room for more content. If, yeah. um, you know, that one episode a week, you know, you get a little lonely on Tuesday through Friday until you hit the weekend yeah. and you got other stuff to go on. So, and that's just me, you know, but I've never given to a Patreon and, and I can tell you right now that I would love to throw a couple bucks your way. If that means some more content, something like that. Well, that means a lot to us. And, you know, we love you, Seth. And me and you go back 20 years already. And, you know, a lot of you guys in your Navy buddies have helped out a lot. Like Alex, shout out to Alex, Hell Alex, yeah. your executive officer, everybody. <laughs> we are the number one podcast, of the United States Navy. All number right, one. We're at number one by far. It's spreading. You got a new, is it Gage? Is that the new guy? Yeah. Gage, is that one of your guys? Gage, Gage is a new lifeguard. Yeah. That's He's a new lifeguard on, on the pool scene podcast, on the pool sceners group on Facebook. No, it means a lot to us. We would definitely like to do more stuff. You guys all know Kevin and I have full-time jobs. This is kind of just our outlet, our fun hobby that yeah. became something that we look forward to do every week because it's an escape for us too. This is as much for you guys. And the support you guys give us is amazing through every social media through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. It, it means a lot to us. We would love to give you guys more. It's just, it's time is hard for us to do, but if you guys would like to do a Patreon, we'd be all about it. We'll always figure out a way to give you guys the yeah. maximum amount of material, especially for you Patreons that want to get more exclusive stuff and maybe give you another thing a week or maybe uh, another thing, you know, like a swim meet series or the swim shorts. So whatever we could do, that'd be great. And we'd appreciate, let us know, let us know what you yeah. think. Think. You know, while we decide what we're going to do with that next week, got a Halloween special coming done those last couple of years. Keep an eye out for that. Seth, thank you for, uh, for joining. We do. Thank you for having me. Appreciate. And, uh, Seth, for the first time ever, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let someone else end the episode with the, uh, weekly way we do it. So oh, Seth, go ahead. Boy, here we here go. go, buddy. Here it is. Silencia.